Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. Hey everyone, this is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian, and today I am joined by Haley Schaefer. Haley, how are you today? I'm doing really well. I'm in Edmonton, and we're getting a mix of snow and rain today, so. Oh, okay, today. okay. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's just probably a pretty decent time of the year there still. I, I loved autumn in, in Edmonton. With all the the colors and all that, I'm, I imagine all the leaves are long gone by now. Most of them, yeah. We went yeah. from a, a really nice drawn out fall to winter very suddenly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, how long have you been in Edmonton? Oh, I've been here my whole life, basically, or around the area. Um, oh. Yeah. So, um, grew up around here, and then carried on to university and practicing here. Well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah, so Haley, why don't you, I, I know you just told us a little bit about yourself, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your education? Sure. Uh, so I graduated from the U of A with a Bachelor of Science degree in engineering. Um, I went on to work at Boulder Associates doing some consulting as a geotech in training there. And then partway through that, decided that um, within geotech, I felt it was pretty important to have the additional uh, schooling. So that led me back to going for my master's. My master's was a little bit different than the work of my PhD and focused more on soil freezing characteristic curves um, in tailings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then I was nearing the end of that and trying to figure out if I wanted to go back to work or carry on. Um, And this very interesting project came up to my supervisors, um, there was a creative sentence out of the Obed Mountain Mine dam, tailings dam failure that occurred in Alberta in 2013. Um, and it was looking at closure and risk and just seemed like a super interesting project. So ultimately that led me to carry on to do my PhD and uh, all of my PhD work was out of that creative sentence. So. If you don't know what a creative sentence is, it's kind of a way of um, penalizing the company, but trying to benefit society. So the goal of the research project that came out of that creative sentence was to try and prevent similar tailings dam failures from happening in the future. Okay, Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, and then my PhD, I just wrapped up this year. Um, Convocation was actually this week. And... uh, I've been working at BGC as a geotech, um, geotechnical and training engineer since August. So doing some tailings dam design for that. Awesome. Okay, good, good. And so in your master's program, who was your um, thesis advisor? So my thesis advisor for my master's was Dr. Nick Beyer. And then for my PhD was Dr. Nick Beyer and Dr. Renato Macciota. Oh, okay, and, and I've had Renato on the podcast previously. He's uh, done some very interesting work, so it's, it yeah. was fortunate that you could you could have him involved. 
yeah, yeah. it was really great to work with both of them throughout my yeah. studies. Yeah. Tell me about some of your favorite courses in your graduate program. Sure. So I think probably the most interesting is actually terrain analysis. Um, looking through the, the glasses and pictures in 3D and kind of getting taken back to when we didn't used to do things. So um, much with computers. I really enjoyed that. Um, and just learning about geology a little bit more in depth. Yeah. At the U of A, we don't have a huge focus on geology in undergrad, so I really enjoyed that portion of grad studies. Um, yeah. What else yeah, has I, been a favorite? I yeah, I found, I found that one to be interesting, too. I had it from Dr. Putin, but he's been long retired. Yeah, he's still around. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah interesting guy. It was an interesting person to take that course from. Mm hmm yeah. yeah, so that was definitely my favorite class. Um, aside from that, um, I did like a risk-specific reading course with Dr. Uh, Renato, and I liked that quite a bit, just learning about those aspects because they fed into my research so much. So good for you. Yeah, I took, the next one. Yeah, yeah, I took a reading course as well um, from Dr. Morgenstern, and that was a real treat as well. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the U of A also does the mine waste short course. So that one uh, was great to be able to participate. Okay. 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 Great. Great. So there, there was a recent paper that uh, got an award from the CDA, and that's how I um, found you. And th that had your two advisors. It was published in a maybe lesser known journal that I think it's just called Minerals. Yeah. Um, and the title of it is A Failure Modes and Effects Analysis Framework for Assessing Geotechnical Risks of Tailings Dam Closure. Yeah. So I think it's the closure part that makes it different. There, there, there's definitely some different things in it anyway. Uh, but the... the uh, the risk analysis for dam closure is a, a little bit different. And we usually do that kind of thing. And it's interesting, the GISTM is is really trying to get people to do more risk analysis. And I think that's a really good uh, direction to go. Um, but yeah, the, the whole risk assessment, you know, we've, we've traditionally done it before a project kicks off or at some point after it's been initiated but i think it's really interesting that you came up with some different approaches specifically for dam closure tailings dam closure yeah so the idea was is that we have like you said a lot of risk assessment tools a lot of risk assessment approaches but they're so often used with an operating facility which is great and those can still still be useful in closure but i think one of the things that I pulled out of my research that I think is a lesson for every practitioner is to really be careful with whatever risk tools you're using, that they are being used appropriately. So risk tools are designed for a specific purpose. Um, and when you use them beyond that purpose, you may not be getting an accurate picture out of your risk. Um, especially if you're using things like risk matrices that were developed for a specific intent. Um, so that was my hope 
um, our hope with this framework was to start developing um, a basis for how to assess risks specific to tailings dam closure because our concerns are so much different than in operations. Obviously, we want to prevent catastrophic dam failure always, but your risks um, of failure, so to speak, in closure are different than in operations in that we really need to be making sure that we're satisfying our closure promises and our, um, our goals and our objectives. So failure goes and extends beyond that aspect of catastrophic dam failure. Um, especially when we're talking about trying to deregulate these facilities and ultimately um, undergo custodial transfer. So that was the hope with yeah. this research. Okay. Okay, great. And what uh, what kind of findings did you come up as you were going through this process? So overall, what the outcome was of this specific component of the research was really just the, the FMEA framework. Um, but some of the specific findings are that you need to or something that is beneficial is to do a systems approach to the risk assessment. So breaking your dam down into individual elements um, and assessing how the failure of that element can carry through to the rest of the system. So the reason that's important is because in closure, you're gonna have degradation of components of your dam and assessing how that degradation could impact the overall stability. So I guess, yeah, finding is really taking that element approach to risk assessment as opposed to looking at the dam just as one unit. Um, another one is really with regard to risk matrices themselves. I didn't really realize until diving into this research how many issues risk matrices have. So one of the things I tried to outline in this paper is what are all the documented concerns and issues with risk matrices and how can we address them within the framework? And if we can't address them, let's make sure that we're very aware of those shortfalls. So it goes beyond just being subjective. So that was another key finding that I hope um, people take away from the work. Um, and again, just goes back to really being aware of the advantages and disadvantages of any risk tool that you're using. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, speaking of that, did you look at any other uh, risk approaches like event trees or bow ties or anything like that? Yeah, we did investigate doing an event, an event tree. Um, and ultimately, one of the reasons we didn't go that route is because it gets so complex. Yeah. If you were trying to assess every failure mode for a dam enclosure. Yeah. Um, and yeah. especially to try and make something that's generalized. So the idea with the framework is that you would go through this process and you might identify failure modes um, that require additional analysis or additional risk assessment. And then those failure modes, you could take and do those next steps of risk assessment, like an event tree. Yeah, I, I've heard of a uh, bow tie uh, assessment that ended up in tens of thousands of outcomes. Oh, I'm goodness. not sure how you even get your mind around so many different yeah. outcomes. For sure. Yeah. 
Um, and then a key to this is ultimately that, um, you know, tailings dam failure, tailings dam closure itself is a very complex process. So within the framework I developed, I do think it's a very useful first step, um, but there's still work to be done on this topic. Um, so uh, a difficulty within a lot of risk um, analysis methods is often an inability to capture that complexity and the interaction between kind of compounding or um, concurrent failure modes. And so I think that's something that we really need to um, look further at and uh, try and incorporate into our risk methods. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So you, you were talking about breaking the facility into different elements, and I've heard some practitioners talk about different parts of an embankment that are on different materials or this part's upstream and this part's center line. But to you, what are the elements that you're talking about? So I think you can you can look at it a lot of different ways, whether um, it is by material or by the way that that specific unit is um, supposed to function. So I did carry on with this work and do a case study application of it to an oil sands dam. So some of the key elements I identified within that facility were the drainage system was a subsystem. So within that drainage system, you had your perimeter ditches, your outtakes, your, um, your actual drains. Um, then you had your dam body was another subsystem. So all the different units within that dam body. So your starter dike, um, that particular facility was an upstream facility. So it was um, compacted cell sand and then beach above water and beach below water. Uh, then there was the foundation was another subsystem. So within that, you have different elements that you may choose to break down into individual um, components. If those have specific failure modes that might be relevant to them. And then the last one within a, a closure um, perspective is going to be whatever you have planned for the landform. Um, so that particular facility had a landform where the basically the fluid tailings were going to be removed and displaced with coarse sand tailings. Um, and then a structure was going to be built up on top of that. So all of those components of the landform form additional elements that would need to be evaluated within the, the framework. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And what is kind of your main takeaway from this paper? What, what, what can you help people? Um, how can you help people in their work when they're looking at specifically a closure of a tailings dam, I suppose? I think a main takeaway is that we are, as a mining industry, our goal to keep in mind is that we are promising a temporary land use, um, which has not really been something we have been able to satisfy. But if we are going to be trying to satisfy that and complete it, we need to be looking forward at closure and planning for that. And so what that means is looking in the context of our jurisdiction, what are the requirements that would allow us to satisfy that temporary land use and satisfy our social license to operate because that's also a, a very important component. It's not just your regulatory body, but also all of the stakeholders that matter. 
and um, conducting risk assessments, whether it's this or something else, that will allow us to reduce the risk of that tailings facility enclosure such that we can be able to satisfy that promise of temporary land use. So overall, the takeaway I hope people get is that risk assessments um, need to be completed to allow us to complete that promise of temporary land use. Yeah. You mentioned, I'm not sure what the term was, deregulate? Yeah, so there's a lot of different um, phrases that kind of circulate in the closure world for this. Um, within Alberta, they came out with the oil sands, um, well, is it oil sands delicense? No, oil sands, uh, I'm at a loss for words. Uh, That's okay. So there's delicensing, deregulate, um, all of these terms are really just the same way of saying the process of making a tailings dam no longer be regulated as a tailings dam. So that is the goal. Um, so having it transition into being more of a mine waste structure um, and ultimately with the goal of un undergoing custodial transfer back to our government. Interesting, okay. So I do a lot of work in Brazil and there they use a, a word that gets translated as decharacterization. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and then it, it, it doesn't really have a meaning in the vision. Yeah. I keep telling them. So the, the delicensing or deregulating would be a good, yeah. uh, less uh, literal translation of what they're, they're getting at. But to them, sometimes they mean they're going to completely dismantle the tailings facility. And sometimes they mean that they're gonna make it so robust that nobody could even perceive this thing any longer to be a tailings facility. Right. So in 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 Alberta, uh, when that's accomplished, does the former mining or the, yeah, the mining company, are they allowed to um, basically walk away from the site then? So this is the, the big question. Um, we haven't done it yet. <laughs> so okay. yeah. that's going to be really a test for both yeah. Alberta Energy Regulator um, and industry yeah. is walking through this process of um, deregulating, delicense, whatever term you want to use, the first tailing SAM um, and how that will go. So I imagine that there's going to be different criteria of what the ongoing obligations will be of the um, mine owner, especially if they've determined that that facility needs ongoing monitoring and maintenance, which may be something that will be required for some of the facilities, um, especially in potentially an active care or a passive care yeah. um, capacity, while they prove that that facility is behaving as they've planned. Um, so it'll be an interesting process um, to watch happen. I foresee in Alberta, we do have some smaller coal dam facilities that are much, much less com complex. Um, and I think it's definitely feasible that some of those facilities may approach this process uh, a little bit earlier. So we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes and kind of have a watch and watch and learn, I think, on our hands. So yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah.
So in, in your paper, you refer to a generalized FMEA and how, how does that differ from what people just call an FMEA? So yeah, the purpose of the generalized FMEA, um, at the end of the paper, what you'll find is a list of basically potential failure modes and triggers for different dam elements that can be used and considered within your site-specific FMEA. So what you would do is you would take this generalized FMEA process and failure mode lists and triggers um, and some screening questions are in there as well and use those as a way to guide um, applying it to your site-specific FMEA. Um, another element in this is having um, a risk matrix example provided, um, but really guidance on how you can color code, <coughs> color code your risk matrix for your individual site um, using stakeholder input. So generalized just refers to kind of creating a methodology um, for this application with associated um, generalized tables that can be applied to your site. Okay. Taylor, what, what direction are you going to be taking in your career as a geotechnical engineer now? So currently, I am doing uh, tailings dam design um, for an operational facility. Where I hope to go is to go more to the closure reclamation side. Um, and I really hope to be a part of this change in industry of bringing that closure design, those closure, closure considerations into our designs earlier. Um, I think we're all familiar with the fact that it's often a last, um, the last thing on the to-do list um, until the facility has reached maybe its operational height, whatever it may be. Um, and the earlier we can get that closure planning in, um, the better our closure design will end up being and the better chance it has at being successful. So I guess, yeah, the overall answer is that I would like to be a part of that transition of integrating closure into design uh, earlier. Um, but that's the direction I see myself going is staying within the mining and tailings dam, um, mine waste kind of world. And you're, you're um, very much right about the closure, not, um, playing as big of a role up front as you would hope that it would. Years ago, and I can't even remember how many years ago, I gave a talk called Designing Inside Out and Backwards. And mm. by backwards, I mean, what do you want it to look like when you walk away and then design sure. it to get there? And by inside out, I'm, I'm referring to the chemistry. Yeah. And it's not, it, it's not really done that way. Um, enough as an industry no and i mean you think about ultimately the money that would be saved if it was um, especially yeah. with the chemistry side right right yeah yeah when you've got a lot of overburden to haul maybe it's better to haul a bunch of it to close to the tailings dam where it's going to be easier um, but I, I know people like to defer spending as much as possible but maybe it's yeah. actually better to get some of that planning up front and haul, haul the waste a few extra kilometers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah I, I think another reason why it becomes so difficult when you don't think of closure until the end is a lot of these sites, especially in the Alberta oil sands, you have such limited room um, to make adjustments to your facility once it's been built. So in the oil sands, you might have a, a dam beside a dam beside a lease boundary. And so you're really restricted in what you can do once you get to the closure phase, if you've identified that your slopes are too steeper or whatever. Um, so yeah, those types of things can have a big impact on your closure success. I think I've run out of questions. Was there anything you wanted me to ask that I haven't? I don't think so. Okay. I hope I appreciate it was a good chat and you learned yeah. something or people learn something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And this paper uh, should be read by everybody that's in tailings. It's it's a really nice paper. I enjoyed the work and I was happy to be able to participate in this project. So happy it's um, getting out there. Yeah, and it, it won an award from CDA, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Very nice, very nice. Yeah. Well, Haley, I appreciate you spending some time with us and, and uh, letting us know a little bit about you and your work and the, the paper and your research. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, maybe one of these days we can run into each other. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. All right. Thanks. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.